Let's have the conversation. WhatsApp voice notes on 0614-104-107. We continue the conversation on the talking point. And remember the number to use to be part of our conversations this morning, 011-714-2006. Let me take you straight to Tony Healy. He's a labor consultant at Tony Healy and Associates. We're taking a look at the deadlock when it comes to negotiations around the public sector wage increase. Mr. Healy, good morning. Good morning to you. Tony, what is it going to take to end this impasse? You know, uh, the, more I, the more I look at this, the more I'm inclined to think that we may well see industrial action before we see resolution of this, mm. of this, of this dispute. The trade unions are looking for um, inflation plus 4%, which is, um, quite extreme in the current economic circumstances. And of course, government is faced with this financial abyss because of COVID and the economic impact of COVID. So I think um, the situation is going to get worse in that dispute before it gets better. Of course, I think the situation that we're in today cannot be fully understood outside of the context of what we saw happen last year in terms of government reneging on that three-year wage agreement. Talk to me about the kind of tension that that has well created um, before we even have come to this moment. Hello, Tony. Even if that had not occurred, even if government had not, uh, to use your term, reneged, mm. um, the courts would not did not call it government reneging, but mm. the unions did. And and if that's the term to be used, um, even if they hadn't, I think we would have been faced with a very similar kind of demand this year. So as much as that has aggravated the situation, for a trade union to 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 deadlock three or four percent above inflation is not unusual. So given the, the, the situation that we have today, do you think that the unions are going to push for as much of a win as uh, on this issue, given how uh, badly bruised, bruised they were last year? I do. And I, I, I think they probably don't have a choice. You know, there, there are, there are you know, a quarter of a million public mm-hmm. sector union members involved in this dispute, more or less. So it's a very large, powerful membership base. Mm. Um, I think the difficulty we have, though, is that government seems to be equally resolute in in not paying a wage increase this year, notwithstanding the fact that there was the, the question of the payment of the third year of the previous wage agreement. Um, I think, you know, my sense of it, that government is going to be resolute. Um, you know, there is some talk of, um, and the unions have rejected this, there is some talk of shuffling around allowances and putting that towards mm. towards salaries. But I mean, the unions are probably rightfully saying that that's, at the end of the day, not going to make a significant difference to public sector workers' pockets. So I think this is a dispute that has been brewing ever since that previous agreement wasn't complied with that you mentioned. Um, mm. And with such a big membership base, um, you know, crossing so many different areas in the public sector and government, I think uh, the chances are we could well see uh, widespread strike action. 
are are there questions of labor law breaches that uh, may arise if government decides to as has been suggested you know use money that was towards other contributions such as relocations and um you know what daily allowances and have that be channeled towards this increase well that's unlikely to happen without mm. the members of the union's agreement so that already exists in a collective agreement which is binding and there's unlikely to be any change to that without the union's agreement so i don't foresee that happening and um, if 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 uh, government were to do that yes they would be in breach of a collective agreement and that's that's not allowed mm. um but I really don't think they would do that without without union agreement. There's no need for them to do so. Um, you know, I, and I don't think that's necessarily going to be um, the critical issue. You know, for public sector unions have have had quite significant increases over a number of years. Tony, um, Tony, I'm I'm having some difficulties with your line. I seem to be losing you on and off there. So I'm going to just ask the producers to redial you. We'll take a quick break and then uh, I'll continue the conversation with Tony Healy. The Talking Point with Kathy Motlatana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. We're in conversation with Tony Healy. He's a labor consultant at Tony Healy and Associates. And we're talking about the public sector wage negotiations and the breakdown effectively in those negotiations. Government being given five days to put an offer on the table that unions will find acceptable. Otherwise, we're looking at a situation of um, mass stayaways and stoppages in terms of the workforce. So, uh, Tony, before you were cut off, we were still talking about, um, you know, the the kind of negotiations that we're seeing right now. And, of course, what it will take to break the impasse effectively. Cathy, yes, I think another factor, there are two other factors here. The one that could be quite important in terms of a potential um, reason for, for government putting something on the table is, of course, the fact that we have the local elections coming up mm. later in the year, and, and the non-payment of an increase in the public sector does have the potential to hurt government, or hurt particularly the ANC when it comes to local government elections. So that is that is perhaps one factor that could incline government to to move off its zero increase offer. But the problem is, of course, as we all know so well, is that government really is in this so called financial abyss. Um, and it has to it has to um, be prudent in terms of managing um, managing the fiscus. You, you were referencing, Tony, uh, earlier that there they have been previous increases in the public service. And just when we look at historically the kind of increases that workers have received, do you think that that at least on, I suppose, a, a, a holistic viewing of those increases uh, puts public servants at a much better place than, than other sectors and therefore they could almost afford um, to to not get the increases, you know, just as over the past year and this year as well? You know, that depends really where you are. That depends on your point of view. And different people would give you different answers to that question, Cathy. The union mm. members would say no. Um, but many in the private sector would say, for example, that aside from the fact that, that, that public sector wages and 
benefits of, 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 of fairly good. If you look in the last, over the last year or so, the private sector has been hit extremely hard. There have been widespread retrenchments. There have been uh, many, many employers who've had to cut wages. Um, and that has not been the case in the public sector. So there's a sense, I think, in the private sector at least, that says, you know what, public sector's workers also need to come to the party here. Private sector workers have, have really taken great pain, and some would argue more pain than public sector workers. And that for public sector workers to complain about no increase is actually not bad if you think about the fact that there have been virtually no, you know, there have been no retrenchments in the public sector like there have been in the private mm-hmm. sector over the last year. Mm-hmm. The, the argument that that you know that also comes up, Tony, and I think you've touched a bit on it, is the kind of contributions that we have seen a lot of public uh, service workers make over the last year, and really being in the forefront of this pandemic, is that not reason enough? Yeah, look, certainly. I mean, mm-hmm. there have been those frontline workers in the public sector who have gone way beyond the call of duty in extremely difficult situations. The difficulty is it's not all of them. Um, you know, not, not all public sector workers are frontline workers. Um, so, it's, and it's difficult, and if not impossible, in the negotiation process to differentiate between increases for those so-called frontline workers mm. and increases for those non-frontline workers who have not been making the same kind of sacrifices. Do you think that the unions will at least be able to move on getting an increase without perhaps the uh, added on to the inflation price? It's so difficult to say, Kathy. It's yeah. so difficult. You know, at this point in time, it's not unusual for 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 um, both parties to be digging in in their positions. The mm-hmm. union looking for nine percent and uh, sorry seven percent, and the more or less and. Um, government saying zero it's really so difficult to predict i would be surprised i would be surprised if we end up with no increase Mm. i I would be surprised um even though it's quite arguable that there should be no increase because of the 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 the, the pressure on treasury for the reasons we all we all aware of um you know it wouldn't surprise me if there's a one or a one and a half percent or even a two percent increase ultimately something that is below inflation and that would be significant um it wouldn't it wouldn't give the same saving but it would be the first time pretty much in our in the recent history of collective bargaining in the public sector that, that there would ever have been an annual increase less than cpi mm. When you look at the the tone that negotiations are are taking, and uh, you, you've already said that it's not unusual to see this kind of hard talk, but the the politics behind the scenes seems to be somewhat different. Do you think that that has a bearing at all on um, how much unions will either take a step back or a step forward in the process? I, I think, if anything, the unions may well be emboldened by the fact that we do have the um, local elections coming up later in the year mm. and that a zero increase would in all likelihood have some kind of impact um, in those local elections on the ANC especially if no increase were to be were to be paid. So the unions will know that. Um, and sense that that's an opportunity, you know, that's an opportunity for them to perhaps 
be more bold in pressurizing government into into making a move on their proposals. Do you think a strike will be avoided at all costs, at least from the part of government also, given that we are still in the middle of a global pandemic? <laughs> I don't think so. I, mm. I, my, my sense is still that government is resolute on this. Um, and even if they were to, for example, put 1% on the table, I'm not so sure that would avert a strike. I think the, the, the smart money has to be on a, on, on a probable public public sector strike. All right. Tony Healy, thank you so much for coming on to the show today, giving us your take and analysis of the current situation. And of course, uh, Tony Healy is a labor consultant at Tony Healy and Associates. Uh, lots of your of your WhatsApp voice notes that are still coming into the show. We're going to take a couple of them. And of course, we're edging towards 11 o'clock with the latest news update with Utsile Saku.